Section 16 of the Aeneid. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Aeneid by Virgil. Translated by J. W. McHale. Book Eighth, The Embassage to Evander. Part Two but venus stirred in spirit by no vain mother's alarms and moved by the threats and stern uprisal of the laurentines addresses herself to vulcan and in her golden bridal chamber begins thus breathing divine passion in her speech while our gallic kings wasted in war the doomed towers of troy the fortress fated to fall in hostile fires no succour did i require for her wretched people no weapons of thine art and aid nor would i task dear my lord thee or thy toils for naught though i owed many and many a debt to the children of priam and had often wept the sore labour of aeneas now by jove's command he hath set foot in the rutulian borders i now therefore come with entreaty and ask armour of the god i worship for the son she bore the tears of nereus's daughter of tithonus's consort could melt thine heart look what nations are gathering what cities bar their gates and sharpen the sword against me for the desolation of my children the goddess ended and as he hesitates clasps him round in the soft embrace of her snowy arms he suddenly caught the wonted flame and the heat known of old pierced him to the heart and overran his melting frame even as when bursting from the thunder peal a sparkling cleft of fire shoots through the storm clouds with dazzling light his consort knew rejoiced in her wiles and felt her beauty then her lord speaks enchained by love the immortal why these far-fetched pleas whither o goddess is thy trust in me gone had like distress been thine even then we might unblamed have armed thy trojans nor did doom nor the lord omnipotent forbid troy to stand and priam to survive yet ten other years and now if thou purposest war and this is thy counsel whatever charge i can undertake in my craft in aught that may be made of iron or molten electrum whatever fire and air can do cease thou to entreat as doubtful of thy strength these words spoken he clasped his wife in the desired embrace and sinking in her lap wooed quiet slumber to overspread his limbs thereon so soon as sleep now in mid-career of waning night had given rest and gone soon as a woman whose task is to sustain life with her distaff and the slender labours of the loom kindles the ashes of her slumbering fire her toil encroaching on the night and sets a long task of firelit spinning to her maidens that so she may keep her husband's bed unsullied and nourish her little children even so the lord of fire nor slacker in his hours than she rises from his soft couch to the work of his smithy an island rises by the side of sicily and aeolian lipare steep with smoking cliffs where under the vaulted and thunderous etnian caverns are hollowed out for cyclopean forges the strong strokes on the anvils echo in groans ore of steel hisses in the vaults and the fire pants in the furnaces 
the house of vulcan and vulcania the land's name hither now the lord of fire descends from heaven's height in the vast cavern the cyclopes were forging iron brontes and steropes and Paracman with bared limbs shaped in their hands was a thunderbolt in part already polished such as the father of heaven hurls down on earth in multitudes part yet unfinished three coils of frozen rain three of watery mist they had and wrought in it three of ruddy fire and winged south wind now they were mingling in their work the awful splendours the sound and terror and the angry pursuing flames elsewhere they hurried on a chariot for mars with flying wheels wherewith he stirs up men and cities and burnished the gold serpent scales of the awful aegis the armour of wrathful palace and the entwined snakes on the breast of the goddess the gorgon head with severed neck and rolling eyes away with all he cries stop your tasks unfinished cyclopes of etna and attend to this a warrior's armour must be made now must strength now quickness of hand be tried now all our art lend her guidance fling off delay he spoke no more but they all bent rapidly to the work allotting their labours equally brass and ore of gold flow in streams and wounding steel is molten in the vast furnace they shape a mighty shield to receive singly all the weapons of the latins and weld it sevenfold circle on circle some fill and empty the windy bellows of their blast some dip the hissing brass in the trough they raise their arms mightily in responsive time and turn the mass of metal about in the grasp of their tongs while the lord of lemnos is busied thus in the borders of aeolia evander is roused from his low dwelling by the gracious daylight and the matin songs of birds from the eaves the old man arises and draws on his body raiment and ties the tyrene shoe latchets about his feet then buckles to his side and shoulder his tegean sword and swathes himself in a panther skin that droops upon his left therewithal two watchdogs go before him from the high threshold and accompany their master's steps the hero sought his guest aeneas in the privacy of his dwelling mindful of their talk and his promised bounty nor did aeneas fail to be astir with the dawn with the one went his son pallas with the other achates they meet and clasp hands and sitting down within the house at length enjoy unchecked converse the king begins thus princely chief of the teucrians in whose lifetime i will never allow the state or realm of troy vanquished our strength is scant to succour in war for so great a name on this side the tuscan river shuts us in on that the rutulian drives us hard and thunders in arms about our walls but i purpose to unite to thee mighty peoples and the camp of a wealthy realm an unforeseen chance offers this for thy salvation fate summons thy approach not far from here stands fast agila city an ancient pile of stone where of old the lydian race eminent in war settled on the etruscan ridges for many years it flourished till king mesentius ruled it with insolent sway and armed terror why should i relate the horrible murders the savage deeds of the monarch may the gods keep them in store for himself and his line nay he would even link dead bodies to living fitting hand to hand and face to face the torture and in the oozy foulness and corruption of the dreadful embrace so slay them by a lingering death 
but at last his citizens outwearied by his mad excesses surround him and his house in arms cut down his comrades and hurl fire on his roof amid the massacre he escaped to the refuge of rutulian land and the armed defence of turnus's friendship so all etruria hath risen in righteous fury and in immediate battle claim their king for punishment over these thousands will i make thee chief o aeneas for their noisy ships crowd all the shore and they bid the standards advance while the aged diviner stays them with prophecies o chosen men of meonia flower and strength of them of old time whom righteous anger urges on the enemy and mezentius inflames with deserved wrath to no italian is it permitted to hold this great nation in control choose foreigners to lead you at that terrified by the divine warning the etruscan lines have encamped on the plain tarchon himself hath sent ambassadors to me with the crown and sceptre of the kingdom and offers the royal attire will i but enter their camp and take the terrene realm but old age frozen to dullness and exhausted with length of life denies me the load of empire and my prowess is past its day i would urge it on my son did not the mixture of blood by his sabellian mother make this half his native land thou to whose years and race alike the fates extend their favour on whom fortune calls enter thou in a leader supreme in bravery over teucrians and italians mine own palace likewise our hope and comfort i will send with thee let him grow used to endure warfare and the stern work of battle under thy teaching to regard thine actions and from his earliest years look up to thee to him will i give two hundred arcadian cavalry the choice of our warlike strength and palace as many more to thee in his own name scarce had he ended aeneas son of anchises and trusty achates gazed with steadfast face and sad at heart were revolving inly many a labour had not the Cytherean sent a sign from the clear sky for suddenly a flash and peal comes quivering from heaven and all seemed in a moment to totter and the terrene trumpet blast to roar along the sky they look up again and yet again the heavy crash re-echoes they see in the serene space of sky armour gleam red through a cloud in the clear air and ring clashing out the others stood in amaze but the trojan hero knew the sound for the promise of his goddess mother then he speaks ask not o friend ask not in any wise what fortune this presage announces it is i who am summoned of heaven this sign the goddess who bore me foretold she would send if war assailed and would bring through the air to my succour armour from vulcan's hands ah what slaughter awaits the wretched laurentines what a price o turnus wilt thou pay me how many shields and helmets and brave bodies of men shalt thou lord tiber roll under thy waves let them call for armed array and break the league these words uttered he rises from the high seat and first wakes with fresh fire the slumbering altars of hercules and gladly draws nigh his tutelar god of yesternight and the small deities of the household alike evander and alike the men of troy offer up as is right choice sheep of two years old thereafter he goes to the ships and revisits his crew of whose company he chooses the foremost in valour to attend him to war 
the rest glide down the water and float idly with the descending stream to come with news to ascanius of his father's state they give horses to the teucrians who seek the fields of Tyrrhenia. a chosen one is brought for aeneas housed in a tawny lion skin that glitters with claws of gold rumour flies suddenly spreading over the little town that they ride in haste to the courts of the Tyrrhene king mothers redouble their prayers in terror as fear treads closer on peril and the likeness of the war-god looms larger in sight then evander clasping the hand of his departing son clings to him weeping inconsolably and speaks thus oh if jupiter would restore me the years that are past as i was when close under praeneste i cut down their foremost ranks and burned the piled shields of the conquered then this right hand sent king erulus down to hell though to him at his birth his mother feronia awful to tell had given three lives and triple arms to wield thrice must he be laid low in death yet then this hand took all his lives and as often stripped him of his arms never should i now o son be severed from thy dear embrace never had the insolent sword of mezentius on my borders dealt so many cruel deaths widowed the city of so many citizens but you o heavenly powers and thou jupiter lord and governor of heaven have compassion i pray on the arcadian king and hear a father's prayers if your deity and decrees keep my palace safe for me if i live that i may see him and meet him yet i pray for life any toil soever i have patience to endure but if o fortune thou threatenest some dread calamity now ah now may i break off a cruel life while anxiety still wavers and expectation is in doubt while thou dear boy my one last delight art yet clasped in my embrace let no bitterer message wound mine ear these words the father poured forth at the final parting his servants bore him swooning within and now the cavalry had issued from the open gates aeneas and trusty achates among the foremost then other of the trojan princes pallas conspicuous amid the column in scarf and inlaid armour like the morning star when newly washed in the ocean wave he shows his holy face in heaven and melts the darkness away fearful mothers stand on the walls and follow with their eyes the cloud of dust and the squadrons gleaming in brass they where the goal of their way lies nearest bear through the brushwood in armed array forming in column they advance noisily and the horse-hoof shakes the crumbling plain with four-footed trampling there is a high grove by the cold river of seer widely revered in ancestral awe sheltering hills shut it in all about and girdle the woodland with their dark firs rumour is that the old pelasgians who once long ago held the latin borders consecrated the grove and its festal day to sylvanus god of the tilth and flock not far from it tarchon and his tyrrhenians were encamped in a protected place and now from the hilltop the tents of all their army might be seen outspread on the fields lord aeneas and his chosen warriors draw hither and refresh their weary horses and limbs but venus the white goddess drew nigh bearing her gifts through the clouds of heaven and when she saw her son withdrawn far apart in the valley's recess by the cold river 
cast herself in his way, and addressed him thus. Behold perfected the presence of my husband's promised craftsmanship. So shalt thou not shun, O my child, soon to challenge the haughty Laurentines or fiery Turnus to battle. The Cytherean spoke, and sought her son's embrace, and laid the armour glittering under an oak over against him. He, rejoicing in the magnificence of the goddess's gift, cannot have his fill of turning his eyes over it piece by piece, and admires and handles between his arms the helmet, dread with plumes and spouting flame, as when a blue cloud takes fire in the sunbeams and gleams afar. Then the smooth greaves of electrum and refined gold, the spear and the shield's ineffable design. There the Lord of Fire had fashioned the story of Italy and the triumphs of the Romans, not witless of prophecy or ignorant of the age to be. There all the race of Ascanius's future seed and their wars fought one by one. Likewise had he fashioned the she-wolf couched after the birth in the green cave of Mars. Round her teats the twin boys hung playing and fearlessly mouthed their foster-mother. She, with round neck, bent back, stroked them by turns and shaped their bodies with her tongue. There too, not far from this, he had set Rome and the lawless rape of the Sabines in the concourse of the theatre when the great Circensian games were celebrated, and a fresh war suddenly arising between the people of Romulus and aged Tartius and Astyacures. Next these same kings laid down their mutual strife and stood armed before Jove's altar with cup in hand, and joined treaty over a slain sow. Not far from there, four-horse chariots driven apart had torn Metis asunder, but thou, O Alban, shouldst have kept by thy words. And Tullus tore the flesh of the lyre through the forest, his splashed blood dripping from the briars. Therewithal Porsona commanded to admit the exiled Tarquin, and held the city in the grasp of a strong blockade. The Aeneidae rushed on the sword for liberty. Him thou couldst despise like one who chafes and like one who threatens, because Cocles dared to tear down the bridge, and Clelia broke her bonds and swam the river. Highest of all Manlius, warder of the Tapian fortress, stood with the temple behind him and held the high Capitoline, and the thatch of Romulus's palace stood rough and fresh. And here the silver goose, fluttering in the gilded colonnades, cried that the Gauls were there on the threshold. The Gauls were there among the brushwood, hard on the fortress, secure in the darkness and the dower of shadowy night. Their clustering locks are of gold, and of gold their attire. Their striped cloaks glitter, and their milk-white necks are entwined with gold. Two alpine pikes sparkle in the hand of each, and long shields guard their bodies. Here he had embossed the dancing sally and the naked lupacy, the crests wreathed in wool and the sacred shields that fell from heaven. In cushioned cars the virtuous matrons led on their rites through the city. Far hence he adds the habitations of hell also, the high gates of Dis, and the dooms of guilt. And thee, O Catiline, clinging on the beetling rock, and shuddering at the faces of the furies, and far apart the good, and Cato delivering them statutes. Amidst it all flows wide the likeness of the swelling sea, wrought in gold, though the foam surged grey upon blue water. And round about dolphins in shining silver swept the seas with their tails in circle as they cleft the tide. 
in the centre were visible the brazen war-fleets of actium thou mightest see all lucates swarm in embattled array and the waves gleam with gold here caesar augustus leading italy to battle with fathers and people with gods of household and of state stands on the lofty stern prosperous flames jet round his brow and his ancestral star dawns overhead elsewhere agrippa with favouring winds and gods proudly leads on his column on his brows glitters the prow-girt naval crown the haughty emblazonment of the war here antonius with barbarian aid and motley arms from the conquered nations of the dawn and the shore of the southern sea carries with him egypt and the eastern forces of utmost bactra and the shameful egyptian woman goes as his consort all at once rush on and the whole ocean is torn into foam by straining oars and triple-pointed prows they steer to sea one might think that the cyclades were uptorn and floated on the main or that lofty mountains clashed with mountains so mightily do their crews urge on their turreted ships flaming tow and the winged steel of darts shower thickly from their hands the fields of ocean redden with fresh slaughter midmost the queen calls on her squadron with the timbrel of her country nor yet casts back a glance on the twin snakes behind her howling anubis and gods monstrous and multitudinous level their arms against neptune and venus and against minerva mars rages amid the havoc graven in iron and the fatal sisters hang aloft and discord strides rejoicing with garment rent and bellina attends her with blood-stained scourge looking thereon actian apollo above drew his bow with the terror of it all egypt and india every arab and sabaean turned back in flight the queen herself seemed to call the winds and spread her sails and even now let her sheets run slack her the lord of fire had fashioned amid the carnage wan with the shadow of death borne along by the waves and the northwest wind and over against her the vast bulk of mourning nile opening out his folds and calling with all his raiment the conquered people into his blue lap and the coverture of his streams but caesar rode into the city of rome in triple triumph and dedicated his vowed offering to the gods to stand forever three hundred stately shrines all about the city the streets were loud with gladness and games and shouting in all the temples was a band of matrons in all were altars and before the altars slain steers strewed the ground himself he sits on the snowy threshold of phoebus the bright reviews the gifts of the nations and ranges them on the haughty doors the conquered tribes move in long line diverse as in tongue so in fashion of dress and armour here Mulciber had designed the nomad race and the ungirt africans here the leleges and carians and archagelonians euphrates went by now with smoother waves and the marini utmost of men and the horned rhine the untamed dahai and araxes chafing under his bridge these things he admires on the shield of vulcan his mother's gift and rejoicing in the portraiture of unknown history lifts on his shoulder the destined glories of his children end of section 16